Brandon? What's up? What's going on, man? How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you, man? <laughs> Life is good. I mean, it's always interesting here in America, as we know, but <laughs> it's not. Uh, you got you got to understand your own presence, which a lot of people are still learning. That's cool, whatever. But I, I mean, I, I think people like us understand our presence here, but <laughs> some people still learning. It's all good. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we all start from our own level. That's for sure. That that is a great call. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah, so true on that, man. So I don't know, man. I just I've never. It's funny when you were like, "Well, don't you want?" Uh, I just I said it in the last podcast, but I was like, "Don't you were like, don't you want me to interview you?" And it's like it's. It's not that I don't, it's just up until this point on this project, I've just been having people record, you know, something goofy that they've been through and then I post it. So, but this is really cool that you can take calls too, because I think this can open up a podcast obviously even more. So that's really awesome. So I appreciate you being like the first kind of like guinea pig on here, man. So we'll see how this goes, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> the science experiment here. I don't know. I was confused about, about that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I was confused about that myself. I was like, because I didn't know exactly how your form format was because you were saying well, it was a podcast. Exactly, and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's cool. Anyway, that's I think cool. this is cool too because we can just, I mean, the thing I love about podcasting, workers tell me too, like, um, it's, it's one one freedom thing we still have left where you can say whatever you want and mm -hmm. you can have any topic come up you know it's not even like a band where you got to rehearse and you gotta you know stick by the songs you wrote in this system like a podcast is just kind of this like free flowing like you know thing where and there's and so many people these days have them which i think is great you know because i and i feel like i you know even myself i'll go for a podcast more more these days than even a documentary or like a, a song on YouTube because podcasts with guests especially are so fucked with everybody and their perspective and their stories and you know what they've been through in their life so that's what's so cool in my opinion that's what's so cool about podcasting it's, it's just cool man so <laughs> yeah it's not only cool but informative I think you uh, hit the nail right on the head with that that's very well said and you know I always prefer podcast over like watching documentaries nowadays too i remember back in like the uh maybe 2010 to 2012 documentaries were the shit you know yeah like, exactly a little bit earlier but like, like i was so addicted for years like early 2000s all yeah. i would do was go to documentaries and then now it's like no i go to pod documentaries or music interesting like yeah so <laughs> yeah and unless you got some kind of sponsorship or something there's limited censorship going on so like you said you can really talk about whatever topics you want exactly so, yeah. and even just bring this up real quick but how even the fucking government wants to ban tiktok also now because they figured out that we are communicating and telling the damn truth about our country and the world on tiktok and the government's like oh they're starting to catch on blah 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 you know and then they want to it's just like oh you have all these issues in america to take care of and you're gonna ban tiktok just saying one thing about it i hate politics i know you don't like government i know you're like the most and i respect you utterly brandon for being like the most fucking government person ever because these people are sick fucks for sure and obviously they do not care about us so <laughs> as citizens of this country you know so <laughs> oh yeah so. Uh, absolutely yeah i've been speaking out against this stuff uh my entire life pretty much 
but yeah, I became more active probably uh, back in 2015 to really get it uh, published in the digital content because I think digital content is the new literature. You know, it's the new uh, scholarship in a way you could say. So. No, you're, you, you are 100% correct on that. Everybody is trying to figure out how to get their point across in a digital form these days. And even, you know, of course, live in this good old capitalistic thing then you got to wrap it up and sell it too so <laughs> you know but, um, it, it's interesting you brought that up uh i actually have been doing a bunch of research uh historically on capitalism and you know that term was actually uh used originally as a derogatory term by, by the marxist socialist and and communists uh so there, there, there was no term for capitalism it was just called free market at one point and the socialist pretty much yeah, yeah i did not one either huh yeah. i mean i've seen some other videos that even right now we're actually not even really going through actual capitalism it's something else like not obviously in the past it has been just pure capitalism but yeah i you know even seeing videos where they're going on they're like no no like everybody's like bitching about capitalism right now and inflation and that's almost not even like it's a problem but it's there's other things but you know um how do i want to say it? like there's other issues issues i guess that's the best way i could put it absolutely you know, absolutely need, well, yeah, well, they really need have... to get addressed too sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no, you're, good. <laughs> you're good you're good uh yeah i mean well you know where i stand i mean i think that the dark occult rule all of this and this is kind of all part of that agenda but <laughs> you know i no, I'm not and, a capitalist. I, no and i'm with i'm with you man like i i you know skatopia people are like-minded people for sure that go there <laughs> and like right, you know right. what i'm saying i'm with you dude because why would they put us through all this bizarre stuff from when you're a little kid you know to when you die like why would they put us through all this stuff in the first place you know it's like what is this even i mean i i know it's about control and power and greed i understand that but we don't even know these elite people and they're making our lives hard on the daily you know how does this stuff even make sense it's just like <laughs> yeah it's wild it's definitely we live, wild. In a lot, we live in a logical world I, I i've grown enough wisdom in my lifetime to understand that that there is no fucking we made up a word called logic but there is no logic so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's a hypocrisy there they don't really use uh logic yeah, very no, well i'll tell you that hypocrisy describes human beings way more than logic yes i like that you brought that up right there because you're exactly right hip we are all hypocrites like it's hilarious yeah. it's not even our fault i'm just saying we're all hypocrites because we'll tell somebody else not to do something bad or, or negative and then we'll go and do you know some some variation of our own thing like oh, that yeah we're just hypocrites. Like we're a lot of us are these people. I'm not saying that, but we're also hypocrites. But also the system and the society in general that we live in creates this hypocrisy too. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm saying it's not our fault as human beings. No matter how fucking smart you are, at one time in your life you were a hypocrite. You know that's all I'm saying. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, no one person is to blame for the system that we have in place. It's a, a collective thing, you know, and it's not just the elites. I always point this out. Like, yeah, the elites are uh, in the majority of the power when it comes fi to financial changes and stuff like that. But really, they can't get done the things that they need to get done without our consent and our energy and us like doing the actual work. They're not the ones who are actually doing the work. They're not the ones who are writing the policies directly or or kicking in your door, you know, as a police officer, because you're growing a plant or something, you know, 
these things right. are actually the masses who are doing this. And it's because they've been uh, trauma, trauma based mind controlled pretty much over, you know, many thousands of years. And it's kind of like genetically written into our into our DNA that we are we're slaves and this is how we're supposed to live. And this is a normal way of existing is this this uh, conglomerate of uh, of control, you know, coming from the hierarchical systems and and it's just uh, it's it's disgusting. But, you know, it's cool because we see people like in our community. Right. We see a lot of people who rebel against all this. And that's kind of what uh, the Freedom Front has always has always uh, been inspiring to me uh, because, you know, it's it's about the spark of liberty. You know, it's about standing against the norm, but not so much that you can't understand what is right either. You know, like you see what's right, you do what is right, but you're not going to violate other individuals. You know, you're not going to go out and transgress against somebody else. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of what uh, my whole work is all about, right? Is just like, hey, understand what conscience actually is, understand what right action actually is, understand what your rights actually are. So this is something I brought up the other day on another podcast. I brought up, uh, you know, like if you can't, if you don't know what something is, then how can you defend it? You know, like if you don't know what a right actually is, then how can you defend it? And I'm not talking about like the bill of rights. I must step in for one sec, but I want to also hear the rest of what you have to say. But I want there is even in my mind too and you're teaching me more right now this is great i even have that confusion because i like i said even on this podcast you know the elites and you're like well matt it's not just the elites and i'm like yeah. you know you're right man like that is a good point that i because it's so easy in society especially the only you know and we all like and hate social media for various <laughs> reasons whatever it is what it is yeah, you know yeah. what i'm saying um i i think it's too easy to to jump on a that might be right. like 75% true, but still like some crazy fantasy or crazy delusion, you know, that's going on there too. But I love what you're saying because you're like, hold on. It's not just these people with all the money and all the power that, that you're like, that's part of it, but there's more to and you're right. Like if people want to like, even I work at Whole Foods and, and it's owned by Amazon and they want to blame Jeff Bezos. I'm like, you guys don't understand that Jeff Bezos has bosses above him. Yeah, like, that right, tell right. him what, like tell him. And, and that guy is a huge guy in power in society, but he still has people that he has to listen to above him. So, yeah. you know, that's like what you're, you're opening up and talking about because it's just like we all need to be more informed about the real truth and not the 50% or the 75% <laughs> truth. That, that's just the best way I can put it right now. That's you know what I'm saying? That's a good way of saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Buddha said at one point, he said, um, or, you know, however you look at Buddha, but uh, there are only two mistakes on the path to truth that you can make. And one is not uh, starting and the other one is not going all the way. And that's kind of what you're talking about. Like people go halfway and it's really easy for individuals to place blame on people above them. Right. Because we can oh, always yeah. look up that's and say like this it's person the had of, of the poor blaming the rich for. Right. For right. So yeah, I, I, I personally don't have an issue with people having more money than me. You know, as long as I have equal opportunity to like make that money, I'm cool with that. Like if Matt, let's say I feel you on that for sure, yeah, because like Matt, I, even I've been poor a lot of my life and I've lived it up and I've had the best adventures still, right. even though I'm poor. And it's like, it's just funny to me. Cause, and I've met a lot of rich that have too many responsibilities and I don't right. want to 
either, you know? So mm-hmm. anyways, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're right about that. I grew up poor and I'm still fucking poor myself. You know? yeah. I don't got fucking shit a lot of truth. streets, you know? Yeah. You I mean, did, man. You really <laughs> I mean, a bunch of people like yeah actually since we're on this topic you know like a bunch of people look at skatopia and my lifestyle and they're like oh these guys got a lot of money you know they did all this and it's like it's like no it's like we're trying to pay our bills at skate yeah, yeah. i've been there when you like, can you just buy like one more t-shirt like we don't even want to push this shit on you but we got to bill the pay you know yeah, yeah. like I, it's like it. man you know what i'm saying like, i yeah, get it like what like, yeah, and they don't realize like it's because of a community that that stuff is getting done. And like I came from like not living at a house, you know, I didn't have any kind of home. I the the most stable home I really had was um, I would say, you know, I lived in Jacksonville, Florida for a little bit. But mainly I just couch couch surfed and lived in a van and lived in a car with my dad as we traveled around the world and, you know, traveled around the country and went to skate parks and went to these. Yeah, that is so awesome. I mean, just that you have, even with skateboarding, you still have like that touring lifestyle in you, you know, like that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of vagabond, you know, it's like a vagabond really, you know, Sure. they always say like vagabonds are some of the smartest people, you know, like, (laughs) right, right, right. So, you know, when when people look at me and they're like, oh, you got it made. And it's like, oh, no, you don't really realize the struggles that I've been through, man. Like, you you have no idea. From a young age till now, right? Exactly. So, yeah. You have no idea. Or that I'm still going through. Like, you know, we all got this stuff going on. So. and that's such a weird thing about how we communicate with each other these days. Cause it's like, it's like, okay, you, you're only supposed to post like a certain kind of status on social media. Cause nobody wants to hear about the problems. You know, right. nobody wants to hear about what you're going through. They just want to hear about some crazy experience you had your phone, you know, captured or I don't know. That's what cracks me up about social. And I used to be one of those players for views and all that stuff too. And then I just took a step back and I was just like, this is crazy. Like there's just millions of people uploading every day, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, like, it's wild. Yeah, you know, we're, yeah. definitely, we're definitely living in a transhumanistic world. That's for sure. That's yeah. for sure. You are right about that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And it's going to get like, I even joke at work. I'm like, by 2030, just watch what's going to be going on. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Especially with well, the AI I, systems right now. We got this AI yeah, yeah. stuff coming yeah, I mean, out, so it's going to be... It's gonna and it's not, and I'm not saying it's just like Elon Musk and those people. It's other people that have been working on AI stuff for a long time too. Oh so, yeah, the military. Know, the military's been the involved military in it since the beginning. Like DARPA. They've been doing that stuff since like you know the 40s and the 30s, 40s, 50s. At least in this country, probably even before that. You know, it's just not a lot. Some of it might not be recorded history, but yeah, I mean like. You know, they've been doing, I mean, obviously like the Roswell thing way back in New Mexico and like, you know, they've been doing, they've been covering up weird shit for years, whatever. So, (laughs) yeah, 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 no doubt. Well, you know, this kind of leads me into like my whole lifestyle, you know, this is, uh, what what is your show called again? It's a crazy stories. Life stories. Yeah. Crazy life stories. So my life is just one crazy life story. Like it really is, man. And if you wouldn't mind, if you wouldn't mind like just sharing, like, honestly, you know, with your dad, Bruce, like going on tour with him and skating and how you learn to skate from him. You know, that's such a, all that stuff is so cool, man. I really love you because you really are a unique person, man. Yeah, yeah. And my background is so unique. So it's really interesting to get yeah. into. And it's kind of hard to, 
Yeah, it's kind of hard to explain sometimes because I, you know, this is this was the way I was raised, so it's kind of normal to me until I look from right, like right, from the outside perspective. People grew up and went to school and got a job. They wouldn't, uh, and I feel that too. I mean, I did all that, but then I turned myself kind of into this drifter person. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's hard to the average person that does not go down a different path of life to like what you go through on these different paths of life versus like the security blanket path where you have a good paying job and benefits and a house. And, you know, and I'm not, again, like, I'm not trying to diss those people. If that's what you want to do with your life, that's fine. It's just for me and maybe someone like you, that's not for us. So it's just, right. that's all there are. My point is, and maybe my like life argument, quote unquote, is that people just have to open their eyes that there's different life paths and people grow up differently. And one person's going to think, the other person's like, you know, growing up is crazier than theirs. I don't know, but it's just like, it, I just, people need to open their minds that there's different life paths. And I'm not saying there's been a million artists that have realized this over the decades. I'm not saying that, you know, but, uh, and a million truth teller people and this, whatever, but I'm just saying like, you know, people just need to open their eyes that there's not just this one system path of life. That's all I'm saying. So, oh yeah, <laughs> and it's so true. You know, uh, I don't want sameness in everybody's life. Right. I want people to have, uh, the same equal rights that everybody has. But other than that, everybody should have a diverse experience in their own life because we can all learn from that. Like if we were all the same, this world would be very boring. There would be no growth. There would be no evolution. You know, we have to have different life paths because we're all individuals creating a collective, you know, so the individual makes up the collective. Um, so, yeah, that's it's really interesting to get into that. So like my my journey was. uh more from an underground punk, you know, like really raw lifestyle, you know, and I went to public school for a time period. And then I went to a uh, homeschool. My dad eventually was like, Hey, do you want to go to public school? Or do you want to go to homeschooling? And I was like, well, fuck public school, you know, cause it's fucking bullshit. And where I lived at here, here in Rutland at that time, uh, when he gave me that opportunity, uh, you know, the public schools here are just horrible. They're just absolutely horrific. And they're just it's super poor here, you know, so the education is just really low. So there's like nothing there for me. So I didn't miss out on anything by doing that. A lot of people were very worried about that. But then people come back to me today, and they're like, wow, you are extremely educated. And I'm like, yeah, and I was homeschooled. <laughs> and they were like, what? Yeah, like, because I, did, I didn't go through this American public education system exactly. Like, because yeah, it, yeah. it is bad man and it gets worse and worse i mean the whole even i've even seen joe rogan and whatever other people talk about like and everybody's got their opinions on everyone that's fine but i'm just saying like um you know like teachers are just almost like babysitters that just mm -hmm. sit there in the classroom with a bunch of strange kids and it's just the whole concept is just bizarre like and i know i did it too but looking back now i'm like man that was a weird experience like yeah strange yeah, like I mean, class and there's good things there at some point you know there are some good things there but mainly our public uh schooling and education system was trying to push out more workers it was yes, modeled yes, after the yes. so true they they just want the the uh yes they just want to push obedient workers that yeah. won't ever think for themselves or do anything like that exactly yeah yep. indoctrination <laughs> camps is what really what it comes down to so i i am a autodidactic which means self-taught you know so even though i went to homeschooling like 
the things that I learned was because I cared enough to actually educate my myself on them, which was interesting. But I had lots of good seeds in my life. And that's kind of like my background because my dad, obviously, Bruce Martin, he was a professional skateboarder for a very long time. Uh, you know, he created this wild compound with a lot of other people who came in to help uh, called Skatopia, which I'm sure a lot of people know about. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild. You know, it's notorious. It's, that's know, it's infamous. I feel like it's an experience like almost everyone should try one time just because I feel like I'm just going to say this one thing. I feel like Skatopia is one of the last freedom spots in America. Yes, yes, yes. So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you don't really see that kind of freedom uh, too many no, places. So, no. I agree with you. I always say it's like Mad Max and Alice in Wonderland had a baby, you know? It's that makes like, sense. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. It's kind of like Mad Max <laughs> and Alice in Wonderland, you know, which is really cool. But the interesting thing is the philosophy that Bruce uh, espoused when he was younger. Um, he was very libertarian and like pushing anarchistic, you know. So he he definitely had a lot of he was very well educated, you know, you know, so he he knew the dangers of socialism and communism and capitalism and all this stuff, Marxism. And he read all the books, you know, like he he was very well read. So I had a great library growing up, which was kind of interesting. So, you know, like as an example, he would uh, sit down and this is kind of interesting. A lot of people don't know this, but uh, as bedtime stories, he would read me Anton LaVey, uh, the Church of Satan. Uh, he'd read the sure. Satanic Bible and uh, the Satanic Witch to me for, for bedtime stories. So it was really interesting. And I don't That's agree really with Anton. Again, another example where most households are not going to have that going on. Yeah, most. yeah, right, right. So it's really interesting. And yeah. I don't actually agree with Anton. Like, there's a bunch of stuff in there I don't agree with. But uh, sure, it's just sure, kind of sure, interesting sure. as a background. But then as I got older, he made me read things like uh, 1984, but before I was 12, you know, Brave New World, um, awesome. Animal Farm, yeah, great... you know, Hobbit, stuff like this. So I was very introduced into libertarian and anarchistic uh, thought processes very early on. And he obviously was really big into conspiracy theories because he has a skateboard company, which was called CIA. And he's talking about right, right, right. right. So he's talking about the corruption within the government, and he's talking about the uh, the issues with like the CIA bringing the coke in America or bringing the heroin overseas, and and you know, and funding the drug war. So the drug war thing was a big thing with that, and then also like the Kennedy assassination. So he had a big thing. Uh, like playing off of all that stuff and the corruption within politics, you know, the left-right dialectic, the illusion of choice. It doesn't matter which one you choose, you know, they're all evil. Obviously, it doesn't really fucking matter. Um, so, right. <laughs> you know, so it was really interesting lifestyle because I grew up, you know, getting drug around all these punk uh, shows and skateboard scenes and just uh, to every rebellious compound that you probably could think of, which most people would be like, that's the most unhealthy environment to put a kid in, you know, like this. Yeah. Never... I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right. She usually, like my grandmother uh, told me one day, she's like, yeah, I would almost took your dad to court to take you away from him because I was worried about the things he was introducing you to. But then she was <laughs> like, I, I couldn't do that, you know, cause she didn't feel right about it. And she's like, I'm glad I didn't do it because look at you now. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, so I came, yeah, out right, exactly, right. I came out exactly opposite of what most people would think, you know, especially like, 
you know, um, let's say Orthodox Christians would look at that and be like, oh my God, you know, you were raised without religion and you came out a moral person. How is this possible? You're right. yeah, exactly. And then the, and then the opposite, like the atheist, non-Orthodox people would be like, oh my God, you believe in a spiritual existence, but you're not religious. Oh my God. Like, what right. the fuck? You know? so, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of just, I break all the boundaries with a lot of people, you know, uh, break their limited uh, thinking processes about how they judge people. Uh, so I kind of found a middle path, you know, uh, in the mix of all this stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, as an example of some of the wild things that I went through, you know, like when I was, I think I was like seven, maybe a little younger. I can't really remember exactly. But, you know, my dad used to take me to all these punk shows. So we went to see Agnostic Front one time and oh, wow. uh, I was on his shoulders in the mosh pit, you know what I mean? These mosh pits are gnarly. And yeah. the, the singer of the show stopped the stopped the show and was like, that's an awesome dad right there. You know, he's doing it right. You know, so I was like this little kid on my dad's shoulders in this crazy punk, you know, scene where people were getting wasted and very hedonistic. And, you know, and then they took the time out to point out like this is, you know, this is awesome, you know, like teaching your kid what it means to really be alive and to have freedom and and to experience the reality of the world, you know? So it's like, so true, yeah. I think that's what we've done. We put blinders on children because we want to protect them so much. And by doing I that, I'm going to say something like that. I feel like there's so many American households that just have like blinders or it's almost like metaphorical shades, yeah. like put down that. And they, they're not understanding what even life is even about. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They don't. And by doing that, it actually dehumanizes them and they don't know how to take risk and, they become very passive or the opposite. You go into one extreme or the other, you know, depending on your upbringing. And it's like, you have to introduce children to the real world, at least consciously. So I'm not saying that my lifestyle would work for everybody, but you definitely yeah, right. don't want to yeah. You don't yeah. want to shelter every every kid no, from I, everything. I think the sheltering thing is the biggest problem because then people don't know how to react when they're in a situation where it's like unsheltered, you know, because mm -hmm. they're so used to that comfort of the sheltered mm -hmm. situation. So it's just yeah. like, yeah, that I watch is the, definitely. I mean, probably probably worldwide, but even, I know in this country for sure. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I watched a show about that where this kid. This young girl, the mother put in like a technology to censor the child from all violent acts and like blood and drugs and cursing. And what it did was like blur it out like it was an implant. So she couldn't actually see it in reality. And what happened was is she disassociated from those acts so much that she didn't understand like if she did something bad, like the consequences of those, what they would be because she never saw those things like you know, you cut yourself and you see blood. So eventually she starts hurting them herself and just to experience that and she can't see it and she's just trying to figure it out, you know, uh, but she can't. Right. Right. No, what you're saying, that's a great point too. Cause yeah, like some people don't even know like how to feel like when a situation right. comes up, it's just like, yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Right. Right. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, and then you go to the opposite extreme, like where you actually like, just want to do it all right so it's like the sexual freedom movement you know it's like oh my god the girls 
you know, got birth control and now they can be sexually free and go and fuck whoever the hell they want and all this stuff, (laughs) you know, and it's like, oh man. Yeah. But they took it so extreme that now they're the ones who are the most promiscuous in society, which is fine. It's all voluntary, you know, but I'm just saying like, there's consequences to all of our behaviors, obviously. That's so true. And you're right. A lot of people, because they're sheltered, they don't, like you said, they don't see the consequences. Yeah. It's like a Christian girl, right? Like a Christian girl that finally gets an orgasm. She's like, oh man, (laughs) you know, right, right, right. Oh, I'm, I'm fucking everybody I'm now, right? Like, what I've been missing out by, you know, cat Catholicism telling me not to do this or what I, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, now she's out there fucking everybody, right? So it's like, damn. So you don't want to shelter them, but no, you don't want to like over. I felt like the, 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 kids that went to the Catholic schools acted out worse than the kids that went to the public school. Right. Like, right, right. The, the Catholic ones were too sheltered. Yeah. Like, yeah, then that's what happens. So it's a good example of that. So that relates to my lifestyle, right? Because I was not sheltered at all. I grew up around adults where it was it was raw, you know. They talked about sexuality. They had sexual humor going on, you know. There was drug use going on. People were getting shit-faced and wasted and doing dumb stuff. And, you know, and I saw all this unfolding in my life, you know, people you know, uh, jumping on burning cars and burning their kneecaps off and, you know, like taking so many drugs that they wake up the next day and have no idea what the fuck happened. And they got a coyote next to him, you know, not a literal coyote, but like a girl that's super ugly or something. And they're like, what happened? You know? And it's like, you know, people puking their guts out all the time. So I, gr- I grew up in the party lifestyle, really, you know, I grew up in that, in that raw <laughs> craziness. So if you want to say like, you know, growing up crazy, like it's, it's, it was crazy. You know, you look at yeah, Skatopia. Sure. Saying, like it was nothing but crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Up. So you look, you look like, at Skatopia, yeah. like old, old videos and stuff. And you take that, that was my whole lifestyle. Like that was where I, I grew up, you know, cars burning and so, and that was later, like that was still, let's see. Um, I think I was 11 or 12 when we moved there, maybe, maybe 10, it was 10 to 12, like right around there. And, um, so it's like that's when all that stuff started but it all spawned from earlier you know party mentality and it wasn't just any kind of party mentality it's not a jock party or any anything like this like skater parties and punk parties and metal parties and you know that kind of stuff that's it's way different than going to a hip-hop party or going to a you know like a block party or something you know like yeah, even going to like a local bar you know yeah, like yeah 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 metal whatever like alternative whatever words you want to use those kind of scenes yeah you, you those kind of people that go to bars or block parties they're never going to show up at like the punk thing right like right, right. You know, so, yeah so anybody who's never lived, lived in- like, that's never going to happen but i just feel like those people are just on a different path than like people like you or punks or you know skaters or whatever artists whatever i mean and, and i guess that's kind of an obvious thing like yeah like an artist type or a skater type is gonna be look a little different than a guy that just goes to a job sure but <laughs> you know absolutely and it's interesting because you know like i didn't have a house to come back to with a normal dinner you know i was eating you know probably the most shitty food you could get like ramen noodles <laughs> and shit like this because i was poor but that's what we're eating on the go, you know? And I mean, he'd make like spinach pizza every once in a while when I was a kid or like um, hamburger helper, just like really easy things that you could just get and, and make and, you know, do real quickly. And he was actually a vegetarian for a long time. So I did eat vegetarian food for, for a while, oh, wow. which was, which was interesting, you know? So, uh, but he was very strict about like certain chemicals, not all chemicals, but like, 
which is interesting because he was like, stay away from red dye, like, you know, and, and yellow dyes and stuff like that in foods. So like no Kool-Aid and, you know, not many, not many, not much candy, you could say, you know. Right, um, right. Yeah, especially like, <laughs> like M&Ms or something, like how you yeah, know it, yeah. it comes off on your hand so, after you them. You know? So he had some sort of sense going on at, at an early age, but, you know, we all compromise and we all, you know, kind of have our cheat days and sometimes that takes over on us. Um, but yeah, so here's some other examples, right? So I lived in Daytona Beach for a long time. Um and there was a, a skate park down there, Stone Stone Edge. And uh, is it Edge or Hinge? I think it's Edge, Stone Edge. And uh, it was a really cool concrete park. They had a blue vert ramp there. They're still active to this day, I believe. Um, but yeah, we lived down there. And like when I was young, like my dad would go skate the park. And I would skate too. And I'll talk about a little bit about that here in a second. But uh, when I got bored, you know, I would just go inside and they had like where you could rent the pads and stuff. And my dad worked there. Um, so like they could, uh, he, he allowed me to go back in and they had these big shelves where the, all the stinky pads would be laid up or all the new pads would be laid, you know? So I would like climb up in these shelves and just like fall asleep on skateboard pads watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Hellraiser or, you know, like... <laughs> Like shit like that, that no kid would ever watch when, you know, they're like, they're like five to seven, well, you know? Like, just like that combination of stuff, like wouldn't be going down in most households. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, so, no way. No way is that going down. You know, most kids didn't get introduced to Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Hellraiser until they're at least nine or 10, I'd say. Even if that, you know, if they're lucky. I, but, I, I don't even say like teenagers, like at least yeah. in the like i would say like i didn't start watching any of that stuff till like 13 14 years old you know right, so like right. yeah. So, yeah teenage years definitely probably more accurate so i i grew up and i loved it you know i was all about it but yeah so i would fall asleep there and then he would be like he would be trying to hook up with some girl who's watching him skate you know who knows maybe skating naked or something i don't fucking know you know <laughs> he always did that but you know he was a stud so he had that fuck boy attitude you know and he'd always like be trying to hook up with some girls and stuff like this. So one day, um, I think he left some, I think he was hanging out with the chick. I can't, I'm not uh, take this with a grain of salt. I only remember bits and pieces of this and hearing it from other people as well, but he left him and like Kenny George, which was like, uh, his really good friend. And they were, he was trying to fuck some girl, you know? And, um, and he left, but he left me at the skate park <laughs> and he didn't realize that he left me at the skate park until we got home or whatever. And the skate park was closed and I'm just at the skate park, you know, all by myself. It's closed. Oh, up. Yeah. Cause I fell asleep. Well, I've, it's when you're a younger person, you know, of its own. So it's like, yeah, like yeah, it's so not I, dark and, you know, like, <laughs> right. Right. But I fell asleep in the pad like spot, you know, where all the pads were okay. and stuff like up on the shelf. So they didn't know where I was at. So he was freaking <laughs> out, you know, and, uh, and I just like, you know, I lived it up, you know, I was super happy about it. You know, like whenever your parents are away and you got a place to yourself, it's like, Oh, I got the skate park to myself, you know, Dude, that is shit. Paying. like, no, there's, there's a gem when like you are in like a living situation by yourself and like others live there, but they go away. Like, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, especially your parents, you know, you're like, yeah. Where the fuck? we're going to party. And you, and you guys both like, it gets to a point where you need a break you know so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so it was wild so yeah we lived there for a while you know lived in florida for a long time uh daytona beach jacksonville a few other places and uh 
when we lived in Florida, we, we actually had this one, uh, this one house and we had a tortoise down there. And what they would do is they would stick skateboard stickers all over the shell of the tortoise. And I know you're not supposed to do that because it fucks with their self-defense mechanism, but right, I right. didn't know that then, you know, we were just like, yeah. so like I used to ride this tortoise around the backyard because it's this huge <laughs> fucking tortoise, you know, and it had all these skater stickers on it. It was totally a punk tortoise. Like, you know, I could see That's him with cool, my, <laughs> my collar and, you know, like leather jacket and some patches and all this shit. Like he totally was a skater to- tortoise, you know, and I was really into like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that was like my thing, you know, like, hell yeah, this is the shit, you know, so. um but, but that, <laughs> that house, actually, we came back from, uh, I think it was Europe, actually. Maybe it was Europe, uh, maybe not Europe, but it was some uh, some road trip we went on. And, uh, that guy, Kenny George, that my dad was living with, and I know him to this day, he helped, you know, like he, he's one of my dad's best friends from like high school, I believe. So, uh, Kenny was sleeping in his bedroom and it's like a party house, you know, like it's a punk house. Right. So we get there and Bruce is like, Oh, let's prank Kenny. You know, like this is my dad's attitude with me. Like he'd get me to do pranks on people. Right. And I'll tell you a couple (laughs) more in a minute. But so he's like, Oh, let's take these fireworks and put them outside his window on his air conditioner. Right. So we get there and he puts the, we put these fireworks on his air conditioner and let him off and Kenny fucking flips out and he comes running out. And I think he's like, he's either fully naked or half naked. I can't really remember, but he's just like totally, you know, like scared shitless. He said he thought like shit was going on. Cause you're living in the ghetto in Florida, you know, like gunshots are pretty normal in, in most of these places, you know, like, so he's freaking out. He thinks like he's getting shot at and, and, uh, or he, I can't remember exactly what he said he thought, but he flipped the fuck out. And we like, I think it like broke the window too, like the, the fireworks or something, but it scared the fucking shit out of him. I know that I'll never forget his face. So, you know, that was kind of like what my dad would teach me is like, Hey, prank these people, punk these people, you know, like that punking <laughs> means. So like another thing he would get me to do, which is horrible when I think about it, you know, like even though he was really good with education, like he also was a dickhead in many other aspects. Like (laughs) he had this, he had this thing called the package deal. Right. So whenever I went to see my grandma, he'd be like, or, or other people, he'd be like, I'll give them the package. And I'd be like, all right, all right. And the package was give them a hug, a kiss on a cheek, and then fucking full on headbutt them in the forehead. Like just full on headbutt, you know? So that's what I would do. And I fucking did that to my grandma one time. I felt so bad, man. I felt so bad as a kid, but that was, you know, that was what I was taught. So it's really interesting. Going up around. Yeah. 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 It was really interesting. So, you know, like, and then my dad, he's such a fucking, you know, like a loony. Right. So like him and his friends, we would be on the beach and stuff. And, uh, and I, he would like, let me go run, you know? And then, it, it wasn't really predatory, but I know it sounds predatory and somebody would probably cancel his ass today for doing this, but he would just let me do my own thing on the beach. But whenever like some girls would come up, you know, he would run up and pretend like the kid, I was lost, you know, and be like, oh, you found my kid. Thank you. You know, I've been looking for him and he'd try to hit on him. Like, you know, so what they ended up calling me was the weapon as the kid. So I had this nickname <laughs> So they called me the weapon because I would lure the girls in when I was on the beach or like out in the public, you know? And, uh, and so that was kind of interesting, you know, because it wasn't like an intentional thing, but it did happen. 
And that was the nickname that kind of stuck with me. They're like, oh, unleash the weapon. We'll, we'll get all the hotties. You know, it's like people who get really nice looking dogs and they walk around at the park like, yeah, I'm going to pick up some girls, you know? So, right, really, yeah. Exactly. Like, I'm not yeah. using my dog as help. Or like, even sometimes people do it with like little kids and stuff too. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's fucked up on one level, but it's also right. like, hey, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's what I live. Sometimes so. I just look at everything that we do as humans and it's like, it's fucked up, but we're humans. So whatever we yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, we're humans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, he was trying to attract women that way. So it was <laughs> pretty fucked. But it that is hilarious, funny. man. It's, just, it's, it's funny, really huh, interesting dude? just how, like he taught you how to do pranks at such an early age, too, you know, like. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pranks, you know, all that stuff. But, or whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you so know? I had the balance of that kind of chaos, right, of that like delinquency in my life with like all this scholar scholarship, too, and like all these skills because he taught me like so many skills hands-on with electrical work like he taught me construction you know he taught me how to skateboard like there's just so many things you know making me read college level books before most kids were even in even in high school you know like wow yeah of crazy See, that, most of most of us did not do anything like that yeah, yeah. So it was like a weird balance you know like where he was like really really strict about like education and like skills but then also really lenient about like hey social behaviors to a certain extent like have fun with your life experience life you know like do what you're gonna do you know like make people laugh be charismatic you know and test the boundaries right he's like test the boundaries you know like he's kind of the guy who who says do it don't don't ask for permission first do it and then apologize you know if it's wrong right. like, just go ahead and do it and if it's wrong then then apologize it's like but don't ask for permission and that's that rebellious you know, nature that, that he really instilled into me. And, uh, yeah. so yeah, skateboarding, like I'll give you some examples of skateboarding now. Like, you know, I started really, really young, you know, obviously, uh, he would put me on the board and I would just hold on to the sides and he'd just like roll me back and forth. Or, uh, he probably at first would carry me, you know, uh, and then he'd skate the ramp back and forth and then eventually just letting me do it on my ass. And eventually we, he got to the level of comfort with me. And I got the level of comfort that he would like, uh, hold me above the ramp while I held onto the board sitting on it. And he'd hold me like three or four feet above it and then let me go. And then I drop into the ramp. Right. And then my, his buddy would be on the other side to catch me, you know? So it was really wild and really risky, you know? So it's like, yeah. Oh my God, you're just letting your kid like on a vert ramp too, you know, like a vert ramp or a mini ramp, you know, vert ramp, obviously way scarier, but that's what happened. So, you know, from there, I started to progress with skateboarding and I actually started skating first on my knees, which a lot of kids do. So I would like put on my knee pads and I would push with one leg, um, kind of like dog, like you could say like a doggy style in a way, but not yeah. sexual, not sexual. No, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just skating on my knees and holding on. Yeah. 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 So just holding onto the nose of the board and having my knee on the tail and I would like, you know, turn and do all this stuff. And I used to have a blue helmet. And I put the, I took bat, the Batman mask and like, you know, fashioned it to the helmet. So my helmet was Batman, you know, so it was really cool. So I skate around the parks. I got pictures of it and, uh, skate around the parks with this mask and stuff. And, you know, I'm wearing pads that are way bigger than me and, you know, and wearing Converse that are all ripped up and, you know, like <laughs> super poor, but ripping it up, you know, having a good time. Yeah. And I actually stopped being interested in skateboarding as I got older. And it wasn't until I was like 14 
that I really got interested in skateboarding again. So it was a few years after after uh, we had Skatopia uh, in Southern Ohio. So it was like, oh man, this is wild, you know? So like a, a buddy of mine, I, his name was Tony Waldeck and he's a really cool guy. He used to live under the ramp uh, in West Virginia. So my dad moved from Florida, me and him moved from Florida uh, to West Virginia um, near Parkersburg. So it was at this place called Progress Ridge off this road called Progress Ridge. And he built another ramp there. And it was kind of like what he spawned off of from when he was younger, because when he was younger, he had a ramp in his backyard at his mother's house, which kind of started the whole Skatopia idea. And he'd have these giant, you know, like high school parties where like, you know, hundreds of people would come to my grandmother's house and they would have kegs, you know, giant keg parties and bands and a vert ramp. And, you know, there was nothing like this around, especially this area. And it's back before skate parks were everywhere, obviously, you know, and it was all DIY. So, um, and my dad was really like pushing, pushing the limits with being able to do all that DIY stuff at that time period where most people wouldn't, they'd have like a small ramp or something, but you know, nobody had a giant plexiglass mm -hmm. vert ramp in their backyard, especially at their mother's house of all places, you know, <laughs> yeah. so it's like he really, he really pushed the limits and then he eventually got a vert ramp in the city park. So he kind of like, you know, w worked with the city to get uh, one of the first ramps. Actually, yeah, it was the first ramp uh, in Parkersburg. So it was pretty interesting. But yeah, that spawned off. So he kind of remade that at, at uh, this Progress Ridge place, which was kind of the the predecessor to Skatopia. You know, it wasn't Skatopia, but it was like leading up to the creation of Skatopia. And we had these giant parties, these big blowouts, you know, and we actually lived, our landlord was... Um, was an fbi agent okay so like and she she worked for the fbi so it was really interesting because we were renting this property and then her husband was it was either her husband or boyfriend i can't remember if they're married or not but her her man was uh chuck norris's cousin and he was the uh uh the quickest quick draw of revolvers at that time in america so it was really weird really weird you know like a weird combination you got this Chuck Norris's cousin, you know, and then you got an FBI agent renting to a bunch of hooligan punks who are just like party animals, you know? <laughs> so it was just weird. And they lived on the same property with us. Like they lived on the same property. So, you know, obviously they didn't know what they were fucking getting into. And there was a big back and forth battle between uh, Bruce and, and the landlady for a long time. So, you know, that kind of spawned off. They had this huge ramp there that they built and uh, that kind of spawned more parties. And eventually we got evicted, obviously. And, you know, kind of, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you expect, you know? And it was crazy, when, though. Situation like that set up in the first place, right, right? It's like, what do you expect eventually is going to happen, you know? Like, yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, what what the fuck do you expect? But it was, it was funny because I don't remember all the ins and outs of like what happened with the eviction i just know it was due to like all the parties and stuff uh, but i know that bruce was so pissed off and everybody was so pissed off because we had to take this huge vert ramp down and we had like a limited amount of time that when he moved out and he got everything out he took dave's insanity sauce right and he put it i don't know if you know but that shit's super hot it's not the hottest in the world but that shit is gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's really fucking hot. So he took it and he put it on all the door handles and window seals and cabinets and all this stuff. And like, you know, like you couldn't see it. He just rubbed. All you need is like a little pin drop of it and you're fucking on fire. You know, that shit is, is dangerous hot. So he put it on all this stuff. 
And uh, and years later, that place, they've been trying to sell it for years. And we kept hearing stories about people going in and like touching something and then they'd rub their hands or rub, rub their face and their face would start burning. <laughs> yeah. or, you know, so they could never sell the property and eventually they tore it down. So like they tore that house down because of all that, you know, because they could never sell it or rent it because they that's fuck. so funny man yeah, yeah it was crazy it was so crazy you know so that's kind of like you know that you know environment i was in obviously so it was really really interesting but then eventually we moved to skatopia you know and and then back to the skating thing is when i was 14 tony uh tony waldeck he was living under the 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 ramp at progress ridge um and he was real young young guy you know and he was really cool and and i thought he was a you know i kind of looked up to him as a big brother but he came to me one day at Skatopia and he said, Brandon, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why aren't you skating? <laughs> I was just like, I'm just not into it. And I was, I was like, a re- I was rebelling against the rebels. You know, that's kind of what my mentality yeah. was. Cause I didn't want to conform. Yeah. I didn't want to conform with everybody around me. So that's the interesting thing. If you grow up within the, the rebel community, you rebel against the rebels. And it doesn't, I didn't go to conformity either. I didn't go to normality. I didn't go into that stuff. You know, I went the opposite way. I said, you're both are fucked. You know, society's fucked. And the ones who are standing against society at this level are fucked because you're all fucking idiots. You're not getting anything done. So because I feel like myself and a lot of Americans are at that point now where it's like, I don't want to be a rebel form the society. So where's that like, fine line path in between or like a third option. You know what I'm saying? And I I definitely know for me, that's the crossroads I hit these days. Definitely. Because like some days, like, all right, I'll conform. Fuck it. Like it's not going to make a difference if I rebel. And then other days it's like, no, I'm outraged by how America is these days. Like this is ridiculous. Like we need to stand up against our fucking government. So I, I think like for me and a lot of other people, the issue is we kind of like go back and forth like ping pong It's kind of like which side do you want to stand for you know like that's right, the problem right. yeah yeah so <laughs> i i had a awareness very early on on about the issues within the quote unquote punk and rebellious community because they all were claiming they wanted freedom but yet all they were doing is getting trash stinking and not actually fighting for what they were claiming they wanted, you know? So it was really just about their personal freedom. They just wanted their own personal freedom and their personal happiness, which I can relate to, you know, we all want that, but it's not really making a great change uh, societally where we actually are becoming more educated and be, and actually dismantling or creating a better system for all of us to live into in, you know? So it's like, I was like, whoa, you know, these guys are claiming to want freedom, but they're not doing anything that's actually manifesting true freedom, at least societally and and for everybody. It's just that they want their little pocket of freedom is really what it is. And then the other side is everybody wants to conform and just be an absolute slave or a house fucking servant to the state. And it's like, I don't want to be either of these people. You know, I want to actually find some solutions. That's how I feel too these days. Cause I felt like I've been a conformist. I've been a rebel and it's like, they all get tiring. Like the same pole, you know, like I, I don't mind conforming if it's right. You know, like if it's the right thing, like if somebody asked me to do something that's right, then I don't mind doing it. If 
I do, I know what you're saying, and I'm the same exact. I have the same exact like brain waves on that. Like if it's something that seems right and correct and not harming people, like mm-hmm. I will do. It. But then if it's something that like you know just doesn't seem right, that's I guess when I will like what people call rebel or what you know like. So yeah, absolutely. So if I, I call it the middle path, you know. So uh, I am still a rebel. I just rebel against the things that are uh are immoral you know the things that are actually causing harm in the world and the things that are not i'm okay with but maybe not everything that is not causing harm i'm going to do obviously you know uh i'm not a football player so you know i'm not a basketball player i'm a skater so i'm not causing harm by being a skater but if i wanted to be a a basketball player oh look we're done we're at one hour oh wow Wait, wait, no, we're not. Well, I don't know what that was. Sorry, no, you're fine. I, I, I can keep I have, going. No, I'm at 51 minutes because it has a timer on the recorder. But um, uh, no, yeah, no, I'm at, no, I mean, no. we can stop whatever you no, want no, to. That's fine. If you got to do something else, man. No worries. But no, thought, this has already been amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. I thought it was ending because I thought maybe you had it on a time thing, but it was somebody like. Oh, I see what you're in. saying. Podcast, they can just go and go and go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, some, so I had somebody beeping in on another app, is what it was. So I, I heard this beeping and I was like, oh, is it ending? <laughs> and then I saw it say leave recording and I was like, wait, leave recording. Oh, it's yeah. a funny thing that you bring up. Sometimes people call you at like the worst possible or text you at like the worst possible times. And you're like, dude, like I'm not not trying to get back to you. It's just that I have to go fucking eat dinner and you just called right now. You know? right, and it's just so right. funny how that stuff works in society these days. Like I feel like it's always like this. Not always. I don't want to say always because that's such like a generalization statement. But like a lot of times it's like everything at once. And that yeah. is such a weird society in general you know so yeah absolutely so uh so yeah uh i ended up starting skating after tony kind of kicked me in the ass as a simplify it you know like tony waldeck came in and i think rodney evans and rodney evans is the guy who uh created all like a lot of the uh conspiracy logos for skatopia for cia so he did like the all-seeing eye the realize 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 you know like he did a lot of that stuff the nasa the the UFO, you know, the, the CIA UFO. So he was the one who kind of revolutionized and, you know, uh, brought forward a lot of those logos. So give credit to him for, you know, spawning a whole generation yeah, yeah. of. I love all the stickers you guys have. Cause number one, nowhere in America, like I, every other punk show or alternative lifestyle scene that I've been part of, I've never seen like the, the stickers that you guys make at Skatopia. You know, and obviously right, right. I mean, yeah, yeah. So he he really like spawned a whole generation of uh of crazy like anti political propaganda, you could say. And it's not really propaganda because it's not misleading, but it it is in a way like anti political information, you know. So uh, and education. So what I did is I learned from him uh, many skills of like art and graphic design. And then my dad's girlfriend, uh, when I was younger, who was kind of like my stepmom, she was a photographer. So she got me involved in like, you know, cinematography and photography and a bunch of stuff like that. And, uh, so I had a lot of background skills in tech and a lot of background skills in like art, and graphic design and stuff like that. So eventually, uh, you know, like 
I took up a lot of those that work at the farm and started to do the stickers that you're talking about, like a lot of them. Right, right. You know, so a bunch of those logos came from me. Either I improved on old ones or I made completely new ones that were, you know, in alignment with our philosophy that we were trying to espouse and trying to teach people. And that's kind of what the whole thing is, is like a lot of people look at anarchism as absolute chaos and it can be, you just got to be really careful, you know, but what anarchy truly means is just no slavery, you know, it just means right, the absence right. of- And I agree with, I love what you just said because I think most people hear the word anarchy and they just get afraid because it's like chaos. Society's already crazy. We don't need chaos. But like you're saying, like, like the non-slavery big key to anarchism instead of like, just like chaos and anarchy. I mean, I'm, I'm using the yeah, word, yeah. but I'm saying it's just like, yeah, that's, like I, I love everything we're talking about, like because it, it, we really do live in a misinformed world, even with all this social media and this and this. And like there needs to just be more of the real truth brought out. Obviously, I know you know that, but I'm just saying, like you know, th that's what's got to happen. And I do feel like since COVID, some of that is starting to roll. You know, like that. You know, in a weird way, a pandemic has woken up some people. Not everybody, of course, but that's what was weird about this pandemic thing too. It was just like yeah, we, it woke we, people up. Like, well, I was gonna say we always have like tra uh, traumatic events, like nine eleven, or you know, you could say COVID, that kind of influence people to do more research and like look at things from a different perspective and look more deeply. And I think that's always going to be the case. Uh, it's usually like when we feel the most pain that we're ready to get the fuck out of it. So you know, they always say like in, in uh, you know, therapy, like when you hit rock bottom, you'll be ready to change, you know? So. Right, 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 right. 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 So it's like, yeah, yeah. As for some people, people hit rock bottom in a way, but also some people are just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is bullshit. Like, you know, yeah, like, well, and, this is I'm I'm trying to be friends with those people these days and not saying like this is bullshit in a negative way, just a real statement like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Because to be honest, Brandon, even these days, I'm like, I understand this human philosophy about positive and negative, but I think we, more people just need to be real instead of positive yeah. or negative because I feel like we use the positive and negative thing as like this excuse like, oh, that guy's just a downer. Leave him alone. It's like, well, maybe a little bit, but maybe he's got something good to say too. You never know. You know, it's like society always pinpoints all these labels. That's my point. But <laughs> yeah, you, you have the extremes of uh, optimism and uh, pessimism, which is like being absolutely negative and cynical. And then right, optimism right, right. being absolutely right, like, even if it's hard or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. And then, and then <laughs> optimism being like way, way over unrealistic about goodness and like, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. You know, and well, then you have put that because not many people even say that. And they push you in this country to be optimistic all the time. Anyways. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. They do feel hard and maybe you should have a little negativity in you because that's real, you know, but nobody wants to hear about that part. Yeah. That, yeah that, absolutely. You're, you're so right about society in general it's just like nobody ever wants to hear about like the struggle of somebody who went from like nothing to something nobody wants to hear about that they just want to hear about wow that guy was poor and now he's rich in america yeah. you know it's like, yep, yep. <laughs> that's all. so and again yeah, i'm not realism even as somebody that has 20 years of fucking customer service and has dealt with every goddamn person under the sun i still love the human race 
I just like that some people are just more frustrating than others. I guess that's the best way to put it. And sometimes I might be too. I'm being honest, you know, so whatever, but <laughs> you know. Yeah, so. yeah. So that's the path of realism, which means that you're capable of uh, understanding that there are negativity or negative experiences in reality and that you have to transmute those things into something good in your life. You know, you have to transmute it into something that's useful. So being in the real means not ignoring the negative because if you ignore it, then you're ensuring that you're going to get more of it, you know? So like if, yeah, you have an yeah. issue, if you got an issue with your car and it's making a bad sound and you keep ignoring it, you know, well, you're going to get the consequence of that. If there's a tornado coming at your house and you decide to ignore that there's a tornado coming at your house and you just hang out upstairs. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get negative consequences from that, you know? So like right. you can't ignore the negative, uh, but you also can't obsess and become like attached to the negative. Right. So you have to so look at true. it. Yes. And I yeah. feel like some people do do that for right, sure. Like, right. So you have to look at it. You have to become aware of it. Yeah. You become aware of the negative. You have to look at it, become conscious of it. And then you have to understand why it's happening and understand what you can do about it. And then you apply those things and you become activated. You know, you become empowered. And that's sure, where sure, sure, yeah. uh, lies is becoming empowered. And that's what all my work is really about, which is interesting because I came from this whole you know, crazy lifestyle of rebellion and being raised in Skatopia where they burn cars and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like you got over freaking five. Friend of people that haven't been there, they got to see this shit one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like we've had over 5,000 bands play there. Like it's the it's the most raw place that you could oh, probably dude, ever Bull visit. Bullbash, I feel like, is the most raw party I planet like there's every motherfucker under the sun into everything at bull bashes you're just like holy shit this is amazing like <laughs> you know the only no. reason i will tell you the main issues with skatopia is not skatopia itself it's actually due to the way that the system is set up okay because the way the system is set up puts so much pressure on on us to be able to take care of it and maintain it that it actually has negative repercussions because of that. So it's really wild, you know, because a lot of people will look at that and be like, oh, it can't pragmatically exist, blah, blah, blah. It's going to die out. Well, let's just say hypothetically, Skatopia does start to like die off, you know? Well, right, right, right. And, and some, some, some things do in, in countries like and then they go away, you know? Yeah, that's true. So yeah. But my point is, is the reason why that would happen is because of the state oppression. That's why. You know, I see what you're saying. Gotcha, that's, gotcha. That's yeah. mainly because of the state oppression, because of the way that the system is set up to capitalize off people. Let's just say, take taxation, for example, you know, like taxation is, uh, in it's literally theft. You know, it's literally a form of yes, slavery. Yes, it is. Yeah, I know, I know. And it's so sick, Brandon, that they take our tax dollars and use it on themselves instead of helping this country. That makes me sick. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I would be more okay with it if it was actually being used in, in positive formats. But exactly. even then, but even then, I'll, I'll tell you this. You know, having some government dude buying another lake house for his family off taxes. It's like, can't you just like like the roads in America get used a lot? Like, <laughs> you know, the, the right, mental right. system in this country sucks. Like, you know, <laughs> well, like let's we look need at it this way. Let's look at it this way. See, this I, I study ethics a lot right, and philosophy. So yeah. I like the premise of taxation is that you do not get to voluntarily put your product of labor where you want it to go. 
So I get to arbitrarily as government, right? As the IRS, right? Arbitrarily uh, take a percentage of your product of labor and put it wherever we decide to put it, you know? And that means you have no choice in that matter because if you rebel against that and you say no to that, if you stand up and say no, then we're going to fine you. And if you don't pay those fines and you don't start paying tax taxes again, we're going to imprison you. And and right. if you don't obey with that, when we come to try to get you, we're going to fucking kill you. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because it, it could get to that level. Exactly. Yeah. That, well, that's the stepwise progression. So no matter what, taxation is still a form of theft, even if they put it on something good. It's like, imagine a thief came in your house and was like, hey, I stole a hundred bucks from you, but I, I went and, and bought food for my bros, you know? And it's right, like, right, 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 right. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, but you still stole a hundred bucks from me and I didn't get to choose to do that. Why didn't you just ask for my help? You know, right, like, exactly. So like, true. Yeah. Like allow me to voluntarily help people. So like my roads in my in my uh in my uh county, right? Like the, the yeah. county roads out here, people are always like, Whoa, uh, you know, if we don't have that, the roads won't be taken care of. And it's like, no, 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 government's the third party in the way of the roads being taken care of because they keep taking the money and putting it on other stuff, and the roads don't get taken care of. That's why right, they're exactly. such shit condition. Let me, the consumer deal with the uh the service provider being the merchant the service provider being the road people who maintain the roads right and then we will come together as a community and we'll put our money into that if you're not taxing us and then we'll fix our own fucking roads you know and yeah, then yeah, our yeah. roads will be good yeah, and then after yeah 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 and then as that multiplies in a society and it and it gains more traction all the communities are more stable because now the money is not going to whatever it might be arbitrarily to whatever, you know, place like I'm paying for roads for somebody else across the country, not in my own living accord, you know, and right, so right, right. like that's what incentivizes people to actually like take responsibility for themselves, you know, it's like yeah, and that, the that is what you, I knew you were going to say it, but that is what I love that you were getting to is that we need to learn as, as a nation. And I'm not saying it's easy because so have been bogged down in this system for decades, but we need to learn how to take care of our own country instead of relying on a government or any kind of power entity in the first place, right? So it's like, yep. that's what we need to do. Because then the people could agree with, I mean, there's always going to be agreements and disagreements with humans, whatever, that's life. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like what, like what you're saying and what I'm saying is like, fuck it, if we took the time to care for our own country instead of relying on other people to supposedly do this, which obviously they're not. We know that, but I'm just saying like, I think people would care about America more, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You care about the things in your life. That's what it really is. People don't care right. anymore. They're apathetic. No, they don't and, care. And, and, and that's what drives me nuts is that they're robots that don't fucking care anymore. Right, right. It's like, damn, man. I feel so sorry for you people, but I'm also angry with you. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, like, well, it's like they want to go to the mafia for protection when the mafia is the one destroying their lives. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's how it feels. what it is. And you're, you're, by that example, it's like that people always want to go to an entity that's going to destroy their life instead of help their life, which yes. is crazy, man. And we've all done it, but I mean, due to the system we live in, but I'm just saying like, that is a crazy phenomenon of its own that people don't, are, I mean, they're realizing now, um, but 
like that, that we need to just take care of ourselves. And I'm not talking about being selfish. We just no. need to take care of your country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the better here, you know, like <laughs> the better you can take care of yourself, the better that you can help other people. You can't give what that, you don't that, have. That, that is an ultimate human life lesson that I still feel like everybody at one point or a time still struggles with is that we forget that we need to take care of ourselves to help other people. Yes. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and this is interesting because you, you hear these things that we're talking about. Right. And it's like, well, I learned all this stuff very early on. Like my awakening process was very different than it was most like people. extremely early. And I've met I've met a couple other people like you on this planet. But but you guys are real rare that had that eye opening experiences at a young age. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So <laughs> It was interesting because I was just like, oh, wow, we're fucked. You know, like this. Like, <laughs> we were fucked, basically. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, at least the system's fucked. You know, I love humanity and I love nature. Always going to be people that are going to realize the system's fucked and then start taking care of themselves like people like us are trying to do with our lives. But, you know, whatever. And that and that's a process, too. I mean, I'm building. I'm getting off this stupid, dumbass corporate America job and I'm building this podcast. I'm building other shit on other platforms because I know personally, I don't want to be 65 years old like some of my coworkers stuck at these shitty paying jobs because what kind of life is that anyways? You know, not right, even if you right. I don't, but even if you fuck poor rich, like what kind of life is that? Like you said, to be like a servant or a slave your whole fucking life to give to everybody else when you don't ever get to do anything for yourself. Like, that's crazy to me. I don't know. Like, I just think that's crazy. So <laughs> yeah, it's very unfortunate. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and we all struggle obviously. And we have to compromise in certain areas, obviously, but no, you know, right. and that's, that's a good word to use compromise. You're right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, we do, you know, like, uh, obviously, Obviously, I just I literally just bought this house and like I have to compromise with like, hey, I need to like go to the electric company to get right. electric for yeah, it like, 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 as temporarily. You, as much as you want to live off the grid, like there's still something you're going to rely on. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to pay taxes, property taxes, because right. if I, if not, they could kill me, you know, like. <laughs> Exactly. Like, and that's the problem with government, right? Like government is just coercive force. They use threats of violence to get you to comply with their arbitrary mandates, you know? So that's the issue. And it, it's really, it's literally man trying to play God because he wants to be the lawmaker. That's what it is. He wants to say that he gets to set into motion laws and reality and that every other being has to follow them. And one way that they try to justify that is by majority rule. So they're like, yeah, oh, democracy. Right. So, so we have more people that say that this is a right, like a correct behavior. So we should implement it into policy. And what it is, is actually it's very arbitrary because if you get, let's say you get 100 people to get together out of 150 people uh, in a group and they all say, well, rape is a right. And, and since you're the, the minority in that group, it doesn't matter. You're living in the same location that we're living in, and this is the policy we're implementing. So now we're going to be able to rape you, you know, 
Right, right, right. So it's arbitrary. A hundred percent. I just think it's so crazy. Like this whole authority thing. I mean, and it's really hard to escape to because you got parents, you got teachers, you got bosses at work, you got this, this, you know, cops. Like, there's so much goddamn authority in this world in the first place. Like, that's mind blowing on its own that we have to have this much authority. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Think, <laughs> I think authority itself is kind of like a a virus running in the minds of men. It's a, it's a dogma, you know, it's a, yeah, it's no, a that, that is the best way to put it. You yeah, know, it is. It's, it's definitely a dogma. The mind, you know, and I don't mean like, Hey, I have more skills than you because I've been doing it more than, you know, than you No, have, I know. You I, know. I, I mean like the idea that I actually get to control you because I am in this position and I get to dictate what you do with your life because of that, you know? And right, like, right, I, right. Believe, I believe in a skill-based society where like, Hey, Matt, you know, you may have some skills that I don't have and I might have to come to you and be like, Hey, I want to right. hire you on for a service or whatever. You, I, and Brandon, I know you have skills that I don't have and I would love to learn some of them, you know, like, and that I'm just saying, but between us just doing that example on this podcast, that's how people could come together right. in a better way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's the free market. Man. That's, that's literally what that like, is. I feel you grow up and, and and there's all these jealousies about, oh, this guy's good at this and I'm not good at that. And it's like, no, no, check like what we're saying now. Like, no, like like you see your strength and you see the other person's strength and you guys can learn from each other instead of I'm a better skateboarder than you or I'm a more famous guy. You know, all that stupid, you know, shit that doesn't really even matter in the first place anyways. But but yeah, but learning from each other's skills is a, a wow. That Dude, that's a good way we could create a better America. Like right there starting with that. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what Skatopia taught me, you know, is like cooperation yeah, you know yeah. like hey you have a yeah, yeah you it's kind of mutual you know it's mutualism is what they called it in an anarchism so yeah yeah no but like just one other thing i want to bring up and even like our buddy henry who's also a really cool dude and he, he's he's an awesome artist he even did a review for my book drifter diaries you know nobody has to do this stuff and when somebody does that for you for your art project you're like dude i don't even care if this doesn't go anywhere while i'm alive like that was a cool thing that you did right there you know yeah. <laughs> yeah, like but um, crap. Now I just lost my train of thought. That is hilarious because we're talking no, no, about it's so good. Much. It's good because I love Henry. You know, he's kind of. I kind of. Oh, no, I love Henry. Henry. I, he's one of my ultimate friends, like on this planet for sure. Because yeah. he's like understand i know well all three of us understand each other whatever but i'm just saying like henry's just a cool dude that's down to earth and hates the system and he's just he's just cool like yeah <laughs> yeah and he's became more educated i kind of looked at him as a small pupil of mine because i kind of turned him on to a bunch of stuff yeah and i kid like him and jasmine like lived at skatopia for a while like you yeah. probably taught him a lot of stuff you know like yeah like, like yeah yeah, yeah. So I, I love seeing people like him grow, you know. Uh, I love seeing people like that grow. And like having people like you and Noah and Henry coming to the farm and Jasmine, you know, all these people coming to the farm, that's what really makes the place grow. And that's kind of what my life has been 
about is like meeting all these people from all over the world. You know, I traveled yeah. all over Europe. Now, it's so funny how life works. Now I remember my train of thought of the one thing I was going to say, what I what, and this is, this is why, why I brought up Henry too. We used to talk about how when we'd leave Skatopia and then go back to like our quote unquote, like regular lives, how <laughs> what a transition that is to go from a place like Skatopia. And then next Monday, you're like back at your job. And you're like, yeah, you guys would never believe where I was this weekend you know <laughs> <laughs> right right Just, absolutely like and henry and i would always talk about that because like the freedoms of skatopia versus like all the rules and laws and regulations of regular society and just going back and forth to me is such a fucking interesting thing you know like that's all i have to say about it but i'm just saying like it's just so interesting because like the transitioning of the different societies or whatever you want to call it you know like it's just so cool to me like <laughs> yeah it is it definitely is and it's very interesting and you know i'll bring a, a, an opposite side to that a little bit because uh not an opposite side but kind of a an interesting point to put on that since i was raised there you know so a lot of people will look at me and be like oh you know like you've never lived in the real world because of that well first of all it's a logical fallacy because you don't know what i've fucking been through you don't no, know what i've done I would disagree with that statement right away i would say you learn more than anyone that went through the public education yeah, yeah. well you know what they really mean they, what, they, what they really mean is that I haven't slaved as much at a nine to five job. Yeah, as I, I see what you're saying. Gotcha. Okay. Got, yeah. But the fact is, is that I've had plenty of jobs, you know, I've had plenty and yeah. I have, I've had enough to know that I don't want to do them. <laughs> no, thank you. And that, that, Brandon, that's where I'm at after 20 years of, of what do you want? However you want to put it falling for yeah. this shit, however you want to put it. But I'm at that point where like, I know for the rest of my life, I'm going to do everything in my power to get the fuck out of this situation because yeah. it's right. not Absolutely. a good one it's just not, not a good one like i mean i'm not trying to be negative like i don't even hate money like sometimes no, i do no. i'm a kind of a hippie but like you know but i'm just saying like um it's not that i hate money it's just that i hate like how you work your ass off and then somebody else gets this huge amount and you get this real small amount and you're yeah. like what am i doing this for like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you yeah know? And, and, and that's the thing. Like, I don't mind, like, I'm not talking out against jobs because I have, oh, no, I'm not, I work not for, I've had a million yeah, yeah. of I, different, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I work from home, you know, so I'm a graphic designer myself and that's what you're talking about. Find your own thing that you can make money off of. And that's why the internet's so great. That's why podcasts are so great. That's why all this yeah. stuff is great because yeah. you can actually find your little niche within society now that people will support you. And that's what it's really about is decentralization so of support. I feel like you know? me, I've done all these art projects for 20 years too. And this podcast, I've never gotten more positive feedback than any project I've ever done because people just like, they like, it's not that they want to hear about your problems and make fun of you. It's that they want to hear about your issues and they can relate. And that's why yeah. they like like this because it's like it, they can relate to a problem that you might have or or what's uh, you know i always all, almost take it up for a step further of a perspective and say a problem that society says you have right, right, right. <laughs> yeah yeah well you know what society thinks about me they think i'm a well, fucking terrorist we, we know so. what society thinks about you and i, I think it's fucking awesome because yeah. fuck society because brandon martin's the shit bruce martin's the shit skatopia's the shit and anybody from illinois or the midwest that hasn't been there please go to one of the parties please and i'm not even like plugging this i'm just saying please go to one yeah, of the parties. 
We'll show you the ways. <laughs> you know, we'll show you the ways of nature, man. All right. So I'll tell you a few more stories. Um, yeah. So, you know, we eventually uh, with Skatopia. I don't know if you hear my dogs in the background, but they're fine. Yeah, it's all good. Oh no, I love like on this podcast, like getting like I'm having a now, so like background noises and stuff. It's so oh yeah, they're so they're needy. <laughs> But yeah, so eventually, you know, Skatopia started to manifest in Southern Ohio when Bruce bought that farm, 88 acres that he bought in Southern Ohio. So, uh, you know, he started building the bowl. He built the first bowl inside of the barn. Like uh, there was these four main support pillars of of the barn. And he was like telling his neighbors about like how he was going to cut out three of them and build this bowl and, and over the hayloft. And, and they were like, oh, well, it's actually through the whole barn, but you know, like one section's over the hayloft. But uh, he cut out the three pillars, and they're like, "There's no way that pl- that place is going to stand." You know, that place is going to yeah, yeah. Collapse, it's all blah, blah, blah. that say that shit. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and it stood, and it's still there today, over twenty years and, later. So it's like, damn, you know. See, we knew what we were talking about. Why'd you doubt us? You know, yeah, like yeah, we got it done. You know, so it was wild, and it just kept snowballing. You know, we kept getting yeah. more and more people involved in the in the movement and, you know, started to get, gain some fame and the parties started getting bigger and pros started coming out. And eventually we got recognized by like bigger people like Tony Hawk, you know, and bam. And we yeah, got affiliated with cool. Bam. No, it's cool that like MTV came to there and, you know, like yeah, not yeah, that yeah. I mean, got their own opinion of MTV, which I obviously most people are going to say they loved it when it played killer videos and they didn't have to start an MTV two just to play videos when everything else was reality shows on MTV, whatever it is, what it is. That's how it turned out. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> but just, it was good at one point and you know, it, it is what it is. Right. And that's but for sure. It's so cool that like a corporation like MTV was interested in Skatopia, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah and, and that's the same with like anything. Like we had Vice out there, but yeah, the MTV yeah, thing Vice. is pretty. Yeah, dude, I, I the one of the last times we were there, uh, there was a camera guy from Vice. I think he even interviewed Noah. But uh, yeah, like we, it was so yeah. It was <laughs> I wild, you know. His Vice is wild. So I want to tell you some Vice stories about wild. Bam. I want to tell you some stories about Bam. So this will get you some likes, right? Because you can like tagline this crazy stories about Bam Margera. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I, um, and I love that. I think most people love that guy. I feel for his issues too. Oh but, yeah, I me mean, too. Me too. Know, absolutely. I think at heart, like even listening to like Steve O podcasts or other jackass guys, like I think he's a really good guy. He's just going through hell right now, but. Absolutely, he is, and, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. and I wish him the best. You know, I do too, because I really respect Bam. Yeah. There's, Hold there's, on just no. a second. I'm going to put these dogs out. Hold on. No, you're, you're good. <laughs> they get so excited. They get excited. Yeah, no, um, I know. We have, a, we have a new dog at my parents' house. Out, I feel like I have this theory that since COVID, like animals and, and babies and children are like the most out of control. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> right, right. So Dude, yeah, but, well, I used to go up to Bam's house a lot, right? Because we were yeah, like yeah. affiliated with him for a while. Sure, and, sure, uh, sure. This was in my this was in my drug drug use days, and so we went up there, me and a bunch of buddies of mine, and we did a bunch of cocaine, and we were snorting the cocaine right off the fucking ramp, right off the rail. Like we were doing rails. This was the whole joke off of the rail, you know, like the the grind rail that you could grind off of. So we were doing these rails, these lines of coke, and uh, then we started. Hey man, I'm you know, sorry. 
Can, hey, Brandon, sorry, somebody called me. Now, ironically, I think it was Noah, but uh, can you just say what you just said? Because the call took it off. I apologize. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So we were uh, at Bam's house, and I and I took uh, a few of my friends there with, with us, you know, and we were, like, working on uh, something up there. I think his driveway or something. And at this point, he had, like, this big, like, not big, but a mini mega ramp there. And they had rails there. And we were doing all this coke off of the rails. And, you know, so we were doing, we were doing rails off of the rails, right? So we were doing rails, all this coke. Rails, you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were all fucking coked up. You know, we're skating and we're getting wasted. And, you know, it's, it's fucking super late. And people are driving his cars around and four-wheelers, you know. It, it, it was fucking hilarious. You know, it's like Skatopia, but with a lot of fucking money, right? So, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was wild. And uh, the house in Westchester or whatever that was just like a like sometimes he wouldn't even live there, right? And there'd just be yeah. like a hundred people that's there. The like, I'm talking about, yeah, that's the house I'm talking about was the one in Westchester. So that's where we were at. So uh, we went in there and he had a giant rope swing inside of his fucking house, right? <laughs> like, like, who does that? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I've seen was... trees. I've seen trees and shit in California inside of people's houses, but I've never seen a rope swing. That's real interesting. Yeah, so. yeah. So there's a rope <laughs> swing in this fucking house. So we're like high as fuck on this coke. And me and my buddy, Robbie, who was like my roommate at the time, we were like swinging on this fucking rope swing through his house. And uh, it, it was fucking hilarious, you know? Um, and at one point, Nick McKnight, who is the mechanic at dude, that Atopia, guy was amazing. I, I know, I know, everyone said he passed, but that guy was a cool dude. Yeah, 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 he did pass a while ago, but he, yeah, he was an amazing guy. But he was like, he was in the shower, and I don't know how it all came about, but somehow a fire extinguisher got involved with that shower, and <laughs> like, yeah, I think like. Bam's girlfriend came in and sprayed him down with the fire extinguisher. Right, okay. Sounds like a Bam thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, just like Bam prank. So it was like just going off, right? Like just left and right. And, uh, you know, we're like swinging through there. So I got on the rope swing and I swung through there and I hit one of the suits of armor and totally like trashed it. You know, <laughs> it was like, damn, you know, this suit of armor probably costs like tens of thousands of dollars or some shit, you know? And it was like, damn, dude, you know? So it was just like a wild time. So, you know, I went from being poor to like hanging out in these rich mansions for a while, you know. That like, is crazy. I mean, that, that extreme is crazy right there, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, you know, at one point we went on the Hillbilly Dream Tour. We took this uh, limo, the the Hillbilly Dream limo across the across the country. And, you know, we had like Draven sponsoring us and Volcom sponsoring us and all this stuff. Oh, and, cool. Yeah. You know, it was really cool. And we went out to. Yeah, uh, I, felt, I felt like Bam was a guy that was really good at like getting sponsors, even from an early age. Like, and I feel like for a lot of like e even skaters or artists, that's a hard thing to do, like to convince sponsors and stuff. But Bam was a dude that was really good at that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, he definitely was. And we went out there and there was like this huge beach there's like a beach house that we stayed at. Right. And it was fucking wild because the beach house came fully stocked with liquor. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're like, we're fucking in our early twenties. Just like, this is the shit we're on a skate tour. You know, we, we just got treated. This is like a multi-million dollar beach house on Newport beach. Like, you know, on the boardwalk, like we're watching all these girls, you know, we're, 
No, that, that's America. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah we're having a great fucking time, you know. So this story gets crazy though. So we're drinking all day, you know. Like we wake up in the morning, we just we're just mixing whatever we can find at this point, you know. We're just mixing it all up. It don't even fucking matter, you know. At first it was like, all right, let's make margaritas and you know all this stuff, and then it was like, nope, let's just fucking drink it, whatever, you know. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, yeah. So, so eventually, like we're just up on the on the roof which was like an open balcony pretty much. And we were just like talking all this shit to all the people walking down the boardwalk. I'm just going to say one thing. Sorry to cut you off. The thing I love about Skatopia, you, you guys have the ultimate heckler people. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. So we were just heckling like crazy and hitting on girls and heckling everybody else. Right? Yeah. So we we're just like fucking with people. So eventually these BMXers like roll up and my buddy, uh, he's like, they, he starts talking to him and uh and he eventually shouts out you're a bmx or fag or something like that you yeah. know and he's just playing around with them and these yeah. guys like these guys yeah 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 so these guys were like in some kind of gang or something right so they um later that evening we've been drinking all fucking day and it's right. like I, I don't know maybe seven eight o'clock at night and next thing you know, we, hear, we hear all these fucking helicopters going around, right? And we're like, what's going on? There's all these fucking helicopters. And, and next thing we know, those BMXers came back to our house, busted in the door. One guy locked and loaded, came up the stairs, pointing a gun at us. And me and my buddy Dan, we were like, whoa. And we dipped out into the back room into this fucking bathroom we had our skateboards and we were ready you know and then i'm like all right i gotta peek and kind of look at look out and, and see what's going on and, and joe creepy joe the guy with the tattoo he was there and he was like fending him off and and all this stuff bruce had, <laughs> bruce had like jumped out the back window and went around the alley to try to flank them is what had happened and he ran into some guy with a baseball bat part of the gang there was like 20 or 30 of them all on bmx's out and yeah. right and uh and next thing you know like those helicopters came fucking flying in towards us and all those like bruce had beat the guy down you know and, and got the bat away from him or whatever and um you know he was in some kind of skirmish with them i can't remember all that but i know the the helicopters deterred those guys and they fucking fleed you know fleed the the area but we found out later because the cops came and needed testimonies from us that uh they were on this like robbery spree and they had been like going around store to store convenience store to store and just robbing every store uh all 30 of them on bmx's you know in newport beach right so it was wild because then they got the fucking urge to come back because we were heckling them and fuck with us you know wow, that is a house, you know so like they kind of got fucked up a little bit you know because it wasn't like we were going down, you know, you know, the only reason that like, it kind of got deterred, like from us, like physically getting even more confrontation with them was because the guy pulled a gun, you know, and oh, it was wow. like, oh shit. So it was like, Oh damn, yeah. you know, and that's when everything kind of like paused for a moment. And then, all the cop the choppers came in and shit so it was fucking wild as shit i'll tell you what that, wild that is wild you know, <laughs> and i'm really glad that nobody got hurt in that situation but you know i've been in so many situations like that over the years uh just growing up and uh, i don't think people i've never actually had an opportunity to come on a show and talk about these things so this is like the first time i've actually been able to come 
onto a podcast yeah, and actually it's the first time i'm doing like a guest i mean i've had people on my podcast but just recording this is the first time i've actually had somebody like just live talking too so this is a great day so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely man yeah. i'm glad i can participate but uh Most definitely, i think i have all percent on my phone left so i think we're well, gonna have I'm to gonna... end this soon but uh, and then you probably have shit to do too eventually too but yeah i'm um, gonna have to get off here in in just a moment um but, but Brandon, i'll, I'll... I think, I think I think this went really well. And like, I mean, I didn't, I was even like almost struggling like questions to ask, but then I'm like, wait, no, let him just like kind of ramble some stories maybe from his childhood, like you did or skateboarding or Bruce or skate. And you did all that. And it just worked out, man. I don't know what else to say. And it's an hour and a half. So it's not like too bad of, you know, yeah, yeah. Not long. this no, was an entertaining podcast for sure. So. Yeah. So, man, Mr. Brandon Martin, I really appreciate your time, man. And I'm glad we were able to do this because I think people are going to benefit for even from this one little podcast. So I think they will. So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. And I'll come on anytime, man. And I'm glad to support you and keep up the good work. And uh, I look forward to seeing you hopefully. Because you, you are my ultimate like um you know guru of truth telling like i don't know anybody else that has what you have so i i love and you keep up your work for sure man because i know you're doing something good so <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah let me give a plug here uh anybody who's listening you can find me at seedtruth.com i also will be presenting at two different conferences this year one is called the funnel three which will be a live free event uh you can also find links for that on my website you can also find uh my event, uh, Seed Conference, the Seed uh, 5 Metamorphosis Conference, which I'll be presenting at, which is September 23rd and 24th. Dude, I definitely uh, want to check out one of those because ever since I, I saw you posting that stuff online, I'm like, dude, that is cool. Like even that other like Mark Passio guy and the, all those, there's some cool deal with, you know, so that's really awesome, man. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So if anybody's interested in learning more about anarchism or learning more about philosophy or occultism or esotericism i have a whole website you know and there's all kinds of great information there there's youtube channels there's all kinds of really good stuff and i get really deep into this stuff so if you're very interested and you liked what i had to say here which was very very light like you really come to my stuff what you're saying because i've had even at skatopia i've had like real conversation not that this wasn't real but i'm just no, saying no, I've yeah had like yeah yeah, yeah, but... real in, in depth in depth is a better word like yeah, i had yeah. I, I know, and we all have with you so we know about that but um no and you did a light version but i think you still described like how you lived a little differently than the average person like really oh yeah I mean, absolutely even if you just did a light version you know what i'm saying so like <laughs> well, i'm talking about more of with the content like the philosophy and all the intricacies oh, of how the system works and you stuff like that I mean, we could definitely we could definitely do another podcast like just on philosophy man that would be mind-blowing i just like to hear your whole perspective on philosophy you know in general like yeah oh, i can do that i can definitely do that but yeah if anybody's interested yeah. i got tons of content up there you can go check it out there's plenty of podcasts i just did a few podcasts uh with some other really amazing speakers and really amazing uh truth workers you could say and yeah this, right, has right, been right, great. Right. this has been great matt you know uh keep up the good work and i will i will talk to you soon man all right sounds good you guys this was brandon martin from skatopia rutland ohio such a weird little random town and this it just has this freedom spot <laughs> anyways brandon take care man and oh uh, yeah we'll do another one this was easy this was fun i enjoyed every minute of it so hopefully you did as well and uh yeah we'll do this again man for sure that's awesome so, 
<laughs> awesome, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Brandon, take care, man. You too. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>